Welcome to Inside Athletic Training, a podcast from the Professional Baseball Athletic Trainers Society, where major league and minor league athletic trainers share insight into athletic training at the highest level. This week on Inside Athletic Training, we welcome in Teresa Lau, Major League Assistant Athletic Trainer and Physical Therapist for the Milwaukee Brewers. Enjoy the show. All right, Teresa, welcome to Inside Athletic Training. We are happy to have you on for our 27th episode of the show. Uh, As many of our listeners know at this point, we start each episode by asking our guests to share a bit of their thoughts and feelings um, about the Professional Baseball Athletic Trainer Society also known as PBATS, and, and kind of what the society has meant to you throughout your career. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me and uh, everything you've been doing with the society, especially this podcast. I know it's grown and hit off the ground pretty fast, so it's really exciting for the society. Um, the What Professional Baseball is like, training society, is everyone in baseball kind of knows what we're about. It's you know, about growth, growth mindset, learning from each other, um, getting on the same page. Uh, you know, we're all 30, 30 different teams. So trying to get everyone on the same page to have a, you know, same mindset with the profession, professional sports in general is very important. So I think for me that that has been a key mindset for the society. And also like as a student, I remember going back and looking at society and like looking through the bios and looking through, you know, job hire. So it was a huge help as a student as well, trying to go through the process of getting my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's always been helpful for the athletic training students looking to learn more about you all and what you do during the day and, and where you came from and your background. And, and I think that's a, a big benefit of the show as well. Um, and Teresa, you're currently in your third season as an athletic trainer and physical therapist with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, you joined the organization in 2018. We will get into your job and, and your career path and a lot of those interesting details later. Uh, but first, I'd like to share some basic information about your background and, and what paths led you to where you are today. So share with the listeners a bit about that. You know, where are you from? Were you into sports growing up? And also where you found your passion for athletic training and physical therapy? Yeah, I grew up in a small town in uh, New Jersey, um, uh, played sports, played soccer and softball, uh, really had a competitive mindset from the beginning, just being like playing sports all the time. And that was kind of like led me to my passion about sports and that environment and then it kind of like grew from there when I was applying to schools of what I wanted to do and I knew I wanted to be in sports I enjoyed helping people so I kind of went through the route of athletic training and physical therapy was kind of uh, the thing for me. Mm -hmm. And touching more on on the educational aspect you have uh, a lot of experience in that realm Uh, you graduated from Ithaca College, uh, your dual credentialed in athletic training and physical therapy, also have your master's degree from Grand Canyon University. Um, I know education must be very important to you and to many athletic trainers we've spoken with on the show. So I want to start by asking you uh, what you thought were the the key takeaways from your college and your master's degree experience um, that kind of have allowed you to to really make your mark in athletic training and physical therapy. Was it hands-on experience, uh, working with players under your care? Was it learning from mentors or textbooks and your professors? Um, What did you really gain uh, most from while studying in college? Yeah, all of the above. Um, Ithaca does a great job submerging their students into experience. They have 
awesome teachers and mentors who are always pumping out articles, um, challenging you, challenging, like getting to students to challenge each other, um, having the older students, the juniors and seniors kind of like take the sophomores under the, their arms. So I think the program itself at Ithaca has done a great job developing students to become good athletic trainers, entry level. And from there, it's just, uh, you know, internships, the, you know, outside of school, we, we learn the basic knowledge of what we do in school, but then it's just your own experiences and learning more from different professionals and mentors that we meet in the real world. Um, and then I got my psychology, health psychology degree recently from uh, Grand Canyon University. And that I found when I was working as a physical therapist in the minor leagues, that was a challenging part for me was the mental side, the component of it, uh, the psychological side that these athletes go through, uh, not even just from being hurt. That that adds another layer on the psychological component, but just the grind of competing every day um, you know, can weigh on them. So I found that psychological piece was missing for me. So that's why I went back to school to try to like learn more of how I could help these guys succeed at the best that they could. Yeah, that, that's super interesting. I know we we spoke with uh, a couple of people, Todd Tomzik uh, specifically, who who kind of mentioned that the role of an athletic trainer and a physical therapist in that training room has you know kind of morphed into not necessarily a psychologist, but really someone the players can talk to. Um, have you found that over the course of your time with the Brewers that it's it you know you build that trust and it kind of is a safe place for for the players to kind of talk to the athletic trainers about what's going on? Absolutely. It it starts with trust. Um, you know, we're, we're in the service industry and we're here for them. Uh, even though, you know, this is, we strive to get to, you know, a professional level. Like we also have to realize that we're here for the athletes to try to create the best environment and culture for them to thrive and succeed because ultimately at the end of the day, they're the ones on the field and who's going to win us a championship. So I think creating that safe space in the athletic training room and that healthy environment where they can be free and maybe sometimes not think about baseball is really important. So we've kind of molded into that mindset. Mm -hmm. And with your wide ranging experience in baseball, this is something I'm super excited to talk to you about with your your knowledge as as a dual credentialed athletic trainer and physical therapist. Um, I'm sure each stop of the way, you know, through the minor leagues was meaningful to you, but also different with your your two credentials. Uh, can you talk about what it's like getting into baseball as a beginner, you know, after college and internships and and kind of the path you took? through the minor leagues to get to the big leagues. I know you were with the Red Sox. Uh, you spent time in the Brewers organization as the rehab director and as a minor league physical therapist. So, you know, share with the listeners a bit overall what the minor league experience meant to you in your career. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll say even before then, um, it was about getting an internship. Get, you know, I, mm -hmm. Everyone has told me once you get your foot in your door, then you're good. You just don't don't mess it up. Yeah. And then, right. And then once you get that internship, that year long or, or season long internship is your interview. Um, mm -hmm. So that was my mindset. And I knew going through school that the dual credentials would help me because I was professional sports has always been my goal, professional goal. And when I would look through, look up like medical directors, head athletic trainers, they had 
a lot of them were athletic trainers and physical therapists. So I knew that was a good direction that I, you know, trajectory for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I, with help of a lot of like cold calling, cold emails, I uh, got an internship with the Red Sox in 2017, which really opened my eyes to what baseball, medical baseball is, um, you know, it's, it's really is a niche with overhead athletes and, you know, soft tissue injuries and, mm-hmm. you know, even acute injuries. And that season has really taught me, I still use, you know, some skills that I've learned that first year today. Um, you know, it wasn't, the, it was for the help of a lot of the people who were there, who Brandon Henry, who was the coordinator at the time, uh, David Herrera, who was the Latin American coordinator at the time, like now they're all at the major league level with the Red Sox. So they kind of helped me understand what baseball, what medical baseball is. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I was uh, next year, I got a job with the Milwaukee Brewers and kind of just grew with uh, our organization here. And I, I couldn't be more thankful for the opportunities that I've been given. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to, you know, hear your, your background information on, you know, the reasons for the dual credentials and, and as those become more popular, it's, it's interesting to, to learn more about the roles um, specifically, you know, when you think about the skill sets between a physical therapist and athletic trainer, I know we had Brett Walker on, who's in the same position as you uh, with the White Sox. Um, and he, he mentioned, you know, the skills are, are very similar. There's slight differences. I'm wondering from, from your perspective and to get your opinion, um, major similarities, major differences between the skill sets of physical therapists and athletic trainers. Do you, do you find that there is a big difference or, or most things are the same? Yeah, I think it's, it's, um, both. I'd say there there are some differences, but they're also one and one. I don't see myself as like a athletic trainer first or a physical therapist first. I see myself as a a clinician, and I just have uh, my mindset and skill sets maybe a little bit different than someone who is a athletic trainer who is a uh, physical therapist. I kind of just think in a little bit of uh, both roles. I would say the biggest difference in professional baseball, I've noticed that, especially at the major league level, that physical therapists are becoming more valued um, because of the rehab aspect. And athletic trainers kind of uh, gravitate more towards the day on day of keeping the players who are on the field healthy to do their job every single day, which is not easy to do. Whereas physical therapists, they'll take you know, post-surgical guys through the rehab process from the start to the finish. So it, it does have its differences, but, you know, we all work t- together. So it doesn't, what we do, our organization, we don't really define roles. You know, we, we mm-hmm. use our strengths, you know, whoever, whoever works best and gravitates best with the athlete and whoever can get through to the athlete the most will, will work with that athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really like how you described it earlier as you're in the service industry, you're, you're providing a service to the athletes to to get them on the field and keep them on the field. Um, and speaking of that value added that you mentioned about the physical therapist aspect, uh, going back to when you were getting into the game, uh, do you think that that gave you a little bit of an advantage early on in your career when you were searching for jobs and making those cold calls and really grinding your way to to actually get into baseball, the fact that you had both skill sets? Absolutely. Um, when I first got on the baseball with the Red Sox, it wasn't a uh, physical therapy 
internship. It was an athletic training internship. A lot of the internships that PBATs have and and teams have are are a lot of athletic training internships. So I was thankful to get my foot in the door, but then, you know, also having that background, physical therapy background, you know, kind of give you a little bit more responsibility or they kind of like taught me more like, okay, you, you know how to do a lot of this. So like, let's take that and grow with it and run with it. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely helped for where I am today. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And as someone in your position, you know, who's fills multiple roles on an athletic training staff and, um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the kind of the growth of the sports medicine staffs over the years. Obviously, uh, you mentioned the Red Sox. They have one of the larger staffs um, across the league and and all staffs have really grown. You know, no longer are there uh, two people um, ahead and an assistant athletic trainer doing everything. It's a lot more uh, that goes into it today and, and there's more resources necessary. Uh, now you might see staffs with five, six, seven members. Um what does that mean to you when you see the growth uh, of just the sports medicine and, and healthcare staffs in at each individual club? Yeah, I think uh, professional sports in general is growing and realizing that these athletes, they need a team behind them to take care of their bodies, um, to help them eat healthy, to have a uh, you know, mental skills coach on site. Um, it really does take a team to get these guys ready to complete a full season because it's not easy to complete, you know, play every day at their mm-hmm. best ability. So I think teams are realizing that and, you know, better that people can help them, the more that successful they'll be on the field. So I think that's why the medical staffs have grown over the years because we're being utilized. Um, you know, we, it's a, it's a big job. So like the more help that we can get on our side, the better we can help the team. So I think it's great that we're growing as a medical staff. I, I think that we're, we, we're as in baseball, we're even a little bit behind other sports because other sports also have like five men, six men crew with them traveling with the mm-hmm. team. But I think we're getting there. We're realizing that we can be, you know, a big difference maker in, uh, in winning games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most unique things about the athletic training profession not only uh, are you guys actually in the dugout with people who are actually playing the game, but you really do have uh, an impact on winning and losing, which is really tough to say about anyone in the entire organization besides the players and the, and the coaches and the managers. So that's that's super interesting. Um, and shifting gears a bit now, uh, you know, you've been in baseball for a long time, uh, very experienced, like we've said, dual credentialed. Um, I'm wondering what advice, you know, a lot of our listeners are students, uh, what advice you'd provide to college students who are maybe, you know, coming up on their senior year, looking to get into athletic training or physical therapy and for professional baseball. Um, what are some best tips? You know, you mentioned cold calling and, and really just grinding through trying to get in contact with people, but what would you say, uh, is the best way to go about it for students these days? I think students, your, your job is first and foremost is to be a student and you know now is your time to take in things that we you might not get the opportunity to do after you graduate i think a lot of students right now are focused on getting certifications in pri graston dry needling whereas uh, those tools and different niches are are really just tools i think as a student you should just really focus on knowing your anatomy biomechanics and physiology and and get really good at your anatomy and don't get outside don't get too broad as a student don't don't 
let your mind wander as a student. And then, you know, always have a growth forward mindset. You stay humble, have a growth mindset and like be energized to learn, um, ask questions. And then once you're, once you're fortunate enough to get that opportunity for an internship, that's, like I said, it's a year long, it's a year long interview. So that's your time to put in the work. You're your intern. You're there to learn. You're there to provide help. You're there as an extra set of hands. So I think that piece, um, I hope so isn't, isn't going away. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I hope that it's been hard to find associates or, or, part-time new grads to want to do the internship level because it doesn't pay very well, but you gain the experience and opportunity. So I think first, once you get up that position, understanding what you're getting into and if this, if baseball and professional sports is for you is important to, to know and understand in that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we spoke with your colleague, uh, Dave Yeager, assistant athletic trainer with the Brewers a couple weeks ago, and he's extremely passionate about education himself and, and manages the internship program for PBATS. And we spoke a bit with Dave about the, you know, the need for young athletic trainers to maybe step away from the textbooks at time and get some hands-on experience and be willing to kind of get in the mud and, and do that internship. So it's, it's really interesting to, to hear you say the same. Um, and to add on to that same topic, uh, when you all are hiring, you know, associates or interns for the brewers, is there a specific personality trait, maybe an educational accomplishment, um, hands-on skill set that you guys look for in particular, or is it really kind of a complete package of everything? We like to see students who's done a little bit of everything in school, who's like done some research, who's uh, been interested in sports and professional sports, um, whose end goal is, you know, to be in baseball. Um, and then just, like I said, have a growth mindset and willing to learn and, uh, understanding that this is going to be you know a lot of time and work so like just the willing to learn and have a growth mindset and I think that is foremost the most important because uh you know during that internship skill set you know you know we'll teach you we'll teach you what you need to learn but it's like are you are you willing to learn are you humble enough to learn and can you offer something different to the team as well and then one person to talk more about the Brewer staff or or some people you've worked with in the past, one person who I think a lot of people have learned a lot from is uh, your former colleague, uh, I would say an icon in Milwaukee with the Brewers is Roger Kaplinger, uh, who recently retired from the Brewers after a great career. Um, I'm sure his impact is felt each and every day in the athletic training room. I'm wondering from your perspective as someone who got to spend a bit of time with Roger, uh, what, what he meant to you, what he meant to the athletic training staff and just the profession overall, um, in the city of Milwaukee. Yeah. Roger is a huge, huge mentor for me. He's great for, you know, Milwaukee, not even as our medical department, but the Brewers organization itself, he's been a huge advocate of, you know, promoting good medical care and he expects nothing but, the best and he doesn't accept any like meteorocracy he pushes us and challenges us and even though he retired he retired uh last season but he'll still come in every now and then but now he's in uh his golf golf (laughs) t-shirts his golf polos and you know he'll come in and shoot the shit with us just for a little bit and he actually just took a vacation summer vacation to italy which is awesome for him Mm -hmm. to 
see how much he worked and how hard and dedicated he, how hard work he put into this team and this profession to see how he's doing now in retirement is, is really, really happy for him because he's really done so much for the organization and myself. So he's been a great, great asset. And I know he's, he always will be for the Brewers. So Mm -hmm. and Milwaukee, like, Uh, of course. Yeah. (laughs) So many, so many connect. He he knows everyone in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Roger was pretty instrumental in you know Pbat's relationship with uh, Commissioner Selig, and you know obviously that's been a a huge help to kind of showing the value of of Pbat's and and you all mem- as uh, members and athletic trainers. So you know we all owe, owe a ton to Roger. Um, you know one one other topic I, I'd love to touch on with you is uh, a couple of months ago we spoke to Amanda Lee with the Seattle Mariners. Um, about her road to professional baseball as a woman in a largely male-dominated profession right now. Um, Things are obviously trending in a great direction. So many more women in athletic training um, and and having huge roles with clubs. Um, I'm wondering, you know, from your perspective, have you found that the road into baseball was seemingly a bit more difficult for you as an athletic trainer? Um, Or do you think, uh, you know, at this day and age, things are are pretty much equal? I wouldn't say more difficult. I would say had more challenges than mm-hmm. some of my colleagues. Um, but I knew that going in to professional baseball and um, a lot of the, you know, not having a locker or or having a change in the umpire's locker room. Like mm-hmm. I kind of knew that it didn't bother me. Like I was there to do good work and to help the players and be there for the players, the stuff on the side, um, didn't really bother me because, you know, facilities in the minor leagues, all of them aren't the best. That's just, that's just minor leagues, not, not sure. really, you know, female or woman specific. Um, the facilities are, are getting better and they're improving, uh, especially the spring training facilities. We just built a new complex in Arizona in uh, 2019 and we, we have a women's locker room who held 10 lockers and we outgrown that in three years. So mm-hmm. which is awesome. So we just rebuilt uh, another women's locker room that'll hold 25 lockers. So I think we're growing. And I think the biggest thing is to realize, you know, we are, we're women, we're women sports, professional sports. And we have a, we have an additional responsibility that we carry and uh, realizing that, we might be a little bit under the magnifying glass and realizing like the industry we're growing and we can't really complain about stuff that may or may not be fair in our eyes and just be, as long as the job's getting done, we're there for the players. That's, that's what's important. And to like stay together too. Um, I have good friend, Sarah Goodrum, who is uh, the director of player development in um, the Houston Astros organization. She used to be with the Brewers. Her and I, we chat all the time, like, you know, she, you know, I think it's important to have those people that you lean on who's in your circle to like chat. And I think, you know, as women in sports, we need to stick together and, and continue to help the industry grow and catch up to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Sarah, who used to be with the Brewers, now with the Astros, um, as a friend of yours and a colleague and someone you could bounce ideas off of in a similar situation um, and career as you, did you have other mentors uh, or women in athletic training who kind of uh, had information to share with you when you were coming up or, or people you looked up to when you were kind of coming through the ranks? 
Yeah, yeah. Nancy, Nancy Patterson Flynn, she's actually a Ithaca uh, alumni, and she was the first female athletic trainer in the major leagues with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So I had spoken to her when I was a student and she was still with the Dodgers. She she's uh, no longer in professional baseball, but we chat all the time. Um, she works uh, she works in like a little bit on the side with some baseball, but uh, we chat all the time. She gave me like some tips, some um, also, I've gotten close to Nikki Huffman, who was the head athletic trainer for uh, head athletic trainer physical therapist for the Blue Jays a couple years ago. And same thing, like we chat all the time, bounce ideas off each other, share stories. So I think, you know, having having those support systems is has really helped me um, in the day to day and throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a chance to meet Nikki and and Nancy and also Sue Falcone when when they were all with the Dodgers and the Blue Jays and um, just very talented athletic trainers. And obviously, like you said, if the work's getting done, that's all that should matter. And I think uh, I think baseball and the field of athletic training does a great job of of giving a person a chance to work if they can they can do the work. And that's that's awesome to see the growth there. Um, you know, looking at uh, again the college aspect and students coming up. Um, you know, do you have any different advice uh, for women in college who are looking to get an athletic training compared to just the general population, or would you kind of provide the same advice for everybody? I would provide the same advice for everybody. Absolutely, I would just um, you know encourage women who do want to get into sports to realize that it you know there will be challenges ahead, and sometimes it's not there's a right way to go about those challenges. And, and sometimes, you know, for the industry, if, uh, you know, if we see that something's unfair or unfit, like it, it might be something that we think about and process and reflect on rather than reacting to a situation. Um, you know, we've, we've had that before and, and normally doesn't go well when people in general react to situations rather than trying to handle it the right way. Uh, so I think there there's definitely challenges in baseball, whether female or male, but I think just, you know, being professional first and foremost is, is the most important thing for the industry. Yeah, that, that's great advice for all, all athletic trainers and students and, and good to hear your, your insight there. Um, moving on to a, a different topic uh, of team success and how that impacts your job as an athletic trainer. Um, as many of our listeners will know, and baseball fans, um, you guys, the Brewers, are on a bit of a roll right now, leading the NL Central as of today. Um, and you've you've had a lot of success uh, in Milwaukee since you've been with the club. Um, so I'm wondering, from your perspective, do you notice a difference in the attitudes in the training room, uh, both of maybe your staff and the players, when working for a team that's kind of in the playoff hunt and in the mix right now, versus working for a, a non-contending team that might be in a re- rebuilding situation? Well, this is my uh, third season with the major league club and every year we've been a contender. So uh, mm-hmm. don't really know what it's like <laughs> to be a non-contender. So I, I've been super fortunate there, uh, but we just keep it light. You know, we, we realize when the players are having fun and, you know, not, not some added pressure um, that helps them perform at their best. And we just like to keep it light, make jokes, whether, you know, we're in, during the playoffs or not. We know everyone knows what's on the line. Everyone's there to compete, but at the end of the day, it's a game. And uh, I think, you know, just keeping the light, having fun, being a team, connecting with each other, pushing each other. I think that's, that's what we do in the athletic training room for, for our players. Mm -hmm. 
And part of keeping it light and just having a good time is obviously the people um, who you get to work with every day. I mentioned Dave Yeager, who was a guest on the podcast, longtime assistant with the Brewers. Uh, Scott Berenger, who's uh, the head athletic trainer there, a great guy, does a wonderful job. Um, I want to give you some time now to kind of recognize some of those people in Milwaukee in the athletic training room and, and part of your staff who, who you get to work with every day. Yeah, you mentioned Scott Berenger and Dave Yeager, and uh, we talked about Roger Kaplinger already. So they've all been very great to work with, uh, taught me a lot, couldn't thank them enough. And then also our medical director, Blair Bundy, who uh, we've worked really closely together in the minor leagues. Uh, he's a physical therapist as well. And um, Nick Jensen, who's our minor league coordinator, uh, Bryn Hester, who's our rehab coordinator, Frank Neville, who's also our minor league admin uh, director. So there's countless number of people in the organization and and even, um, you know, coaches that I work with today, day to day, Craig Council and, you know, Pat Murphy, our bench coach, you know, they, they're so good at their job and watching them work and watching them, you know, put together a team and head the ship and like set a same goal and be relentless of what we do day in, day out is really fun to watch. So I've learned a lot for them too. So I, the whole organization in general is just really growing. Um, this is my mm -hmm. sixth year here and we've grown a ton. So I'm really fortunate for everything that the Brewers have uh, helped me with. And I'm, I'm excited to keep contributing to our success here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the just like you said, the the hard work and the determination from the staff and the coaches kind of embodies the uh, the entire city and kind of how the the motto of of Milwaukee is. So it, it's awesome to see. Um, well, Teresa, I really appreciate you joining the show. Uh, it's been great talking with you. Uh, to wrap up today's episode, we're going to finish with a quick Q&A segment that we call Extra Bases. So I will ask you four quick questions and let you share some insight with the listeners about your favorite things uh, in athletic training and baseball. So we'll kick it off at first base. Um, what is your favorite athletic training room outside of uh, your home room in Milwaukee to work in, in the big leagues? Uh, I like, I like the extra bases. I like first base, second base, third base. Really <laughs> <We're clever. trying. laughs> um, Atlanta, I would say Atlanta, there's lots of space. So you Facilities are nice. Guys have the clubhouses are nice for the players. Um, I'd say Atlanta, even though it gets really hot in the summer, the clubhouse mm -hmm. is, is nice. Yeah, we, uh, I think, you know, I've said this a million times, I feel like, but I would say one of every two of our guests says Atlanta. So whatever mm. uh, the engineers <laughs> did down there and when the architects and George and his staff, uh, they did it right. So people should probably take uh, take note of what they're doing down there. I think the the space thing is, is what people love about that so far. Um, so moving on to second base, uh, one of the the coolest parts of your job from a fan's perspective is, you know, you are one of the only people outside of the players, coaches, and managers who are actually in the dugout for the game. Um, so I'm wondering what your favorite big league stadium uh, to watch a game from the dugout is. City Field. Um, I grew up a Mets fan. I lived close to Queens. My dad's a Mets fan. So I remember watching Mets games from way up top in the fourth deck, you know, <laughs> buying $15 tickets. And then I remember the first time being in the dugout in city field was really special to me. So every time, every time we go there, they have a really nice clubhouse too. And that's too, mm -hmm. um, every time we like, that's where I get like the warm and fuzzy feelings of like the, sure. the holy, holy crap moment. Like I'm <laughs> a, 
Allen. Even like the in-game stuff, like in the songs, they'll still play the same songs that I remember going to to Mets games. So that that's really special to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And I guess that that's what baseball is all about. It's it's like those childhood memories. So, you know, moving on to third base, this might be uh, an obvious answer. We'll see. But uh, what's your favorite city to visit on the road? This one is uh, the uh, San Diego, San Diego, um, mm-hmm. being by the beach or the water. Uh, I have friends out there, good food, tacos. So mm-hmm. I always enjoy going to San Diego. Yeah. And you can't beat knowing it's going to be 65 degrees and sunny every single day as well. So that, that doesn't hurt. Um, exactly. You're all, you're always have a smile on. When you're uh, oh yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, so moving on to, to home plate, last question of the show today. Um, we've had a lot of cool answers to this question. Really awesome to hear kind of insight from, <clears throat> from many different people in athletic training. But uh, when you got to the big leagues uh, with the Brewers, did you at some point, maybe it's opening day or, or anything like that, did you at some point have a, a welcome to Major League Baseball moment? Um, multiple. <laughs> multiple, like, yep. Yeah. So opening day was special. Uh, we opened at the Cubs. And yeah, I remember one of the coaches there's like sink it in sink it in um mm-hmm. the photographer he he would egg her on and be like make sure you take pictures of Teresa um <laughs> opening and then you know realizing like hey I didn't get here alone and all the people who supported me my fam- family and friends to get to that point and then going to you know each stadium for the first time I would uh, walk the warning track uh and kind of just sink it in so a lot of mm-hmm whole seat oh and and we clinched the division so that was a big that was a big win just special Mm -hmm. feeling like the champagne showers in the clubhouse that was huge moment huge moment yeah Yeah, you uh you can't beat winning I think every athletic trainer will say when when the team's in the mix and and chasing a championship there there's nothing better than being part of that so that that's awesome to hear from you as well um yeah one more thing funny story we clinched um I walked past, you know, we champagne showers drenched and uh, I walked past the training room and Dave Yeagers has a Gatorade towel on the floor of the training room and just sitting there alone. <laughs> I walked past, I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, you got to take it in. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you're right. So I sat down right next to him and just, we just soaked it in the moment. So yeah, that's, that's cool. awesome. And Dave's such a sentimental guy and one of the nicest guys I've ever met in in baseball and working with with you all for you know over a decade now so I, I can definitely see him doing something like that so it's great to hear uh you know you guys gotta enjoy it you work hard so you deserve it um well Teresa we really appreciate you joining the show um also appreciate your dedication to PBATS and the profession of athletic training and we wish you Scott Dave the rest of the crew in Milwaukee uh nothing but the best of luck throughout the rest of the season awesome Sam I had a great time thank you And that wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening to Inside Athletic Training, a podcast from the Professional Baseball Athletic Trainer Society, a show for athletic training students, educators, and professionals who want to learn more about life as an athletic trainer in major and minor league baseball. If you've enjoyed the show, head over to pbats.com to gain access to other free resources. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, thanks again for listening.